Late Night Conversations Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Thank you very much, Zulega Kodashe, for that final news update of the day. Really, really scary that uh, the numbers uh, for COVID are increasing so much in our country. So we all need to keep safe. Keep your safe distance and uh, social distance. Make sure that you uh, cover that cough. Make sure that you sanitize, wash your hands and just, you know, stay on the side of caution. It's time for us now to go into that saucy sizzling sexy part of the evening 11 p.m and it's time for closet conversations what do i mean by closet conversations well it's any conversation that has to do with things that we do behind closed doors you know what i'm saying hint hint nudge nudge you understand where we are right so what i'm going to ask is that Everyone under the age of 18 vacates the room. They should not be privy to what we are discussing now so that we as uh, adults, people over the age of 18, can freely talk about things, all things uh, sexual, all things sexy, all things... um yeah, different. And that's what we're going to do today. It is still Pride Month, so we are still looking at the LGBTQI community. And today, uh, Benzito has done an outstanding job by putting together very, very interesting guests who are going to help us understand the challenges that are faced by the LGBTQI community in Africa and especially in South Africa. And also, what does it mean to celebrate Pride Month? And uh, I think we'll go back to those definitions because we do need those definitions. Remember, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you're more than welcome to, and you can remain anonymous. You can give us those saucy details about uh, your... um yeah, your closet life, if I may so call it, if you've already come out of the closet, that is. And uh, you can get us on 0891-104-207. Alternatively, call 011-714-4045 or 011-714-3945. You are also welcome to SMS us on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150. If you would like to WhatsApp us, you can do so on 614 We are on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Nduli, the hashtag SAFM LNC. To all my guests this evening, I'm going to ask you to please understand that uh, I might not know all the terminology, so you are here to school me and the rest of South Africa that's tuned in. My first guest is Nandi Msezana, who is uh, a member of the Queer Well Board. Nandi has requested that we refer to Nandi as them or they. Nandi, how are you doing? I am good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Nandi, please explain to me why you want us to refer to you as them or they as opposed to he or she. Um, so they or them is um, the preferred pronouns of people who do not conform to any particular gender, um, who are non-binary. Um, yeah, so... 
Okay. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you've explained that and uh, we'll go deeper into it. Let me introduce uh, the other guests and your fellow panelists. I've also got uh, Steve Litsike. Steve is the director of Access Chapter 2, co-chair of SENEC, co-chair of the National Task Team on LGBT. I hate crimes, co-chair of the Commonwealth LGBTI. Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, um, and good evening, and I'm glad to have joined Nandi. We actually sit in the same board as well. Oh, wow, Nandi, you should have given <laughs> yes. us the, you know, the brief, so I understand that I'm speaking to people who know each other. Now, Steve, you have <laughs> said that we should refer to you as her. Why yes. is this? Uh, because I identify as a woman, Steve is just a name. Okay, thank you very much. I, I want our listeners to understand what I'm understanding in case people come and correct me and be like, I will. Patricia, don't say Steve, her or she, you, you know, because of the name. So thank you very much, Steve. And then I've got Shubi. Shubi is transgender. How are you doing, Shubi? I'm doing good in myself. I'm excellent. Thank you, Shubi. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. And the fourth guest. Well, Shubi, wait. You didn't tell us how we should address you. You should address me as she. As she. And that's it. Mm, mm. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And uh, then I've got Regis Kosana. And Regis Kosana says, I am a gay man. Reggie, how are you doing? Hi, Patricia. I'm Fanny I'm blessed. Thank you very much, Reggie. Reggie, can I just call you Reggie or is there particular... Reggie is fine. Uh, there's no he, she, they? He's fine. I'm just comfortable with he, but you can call him Reggie. Thank you. Now, the reason why I keep on asking everyone this, because I, I want you guys to please understand, we are all on a learning curve here. This is the closet conversation. And I, as the presenter, am also learning about uh, some of... Um, you know, the, the, the terminologies that are correct to use. We don't want to be offensive to anyone. And I want everyone to feel comfortable. So if at any point you feel uncomfortable, just tell me, Patricia, you forgot. Just don't call me this. Rather call me that. I'd like to start off here, perhaps with you, Steve. Steve, could you give us an understanding? We understand what lesbians are. We understand what gays are. We understand bisexual. But transgender... Could you could you explain transgender? And I ask you this because, yes, you are not transgender. Shubi is, but you are a co-chairperson of uh, the national task team on LGBTI hate crimes. Right. Well, I mean, look, um, I think all of them would have explained. But uh, look, see, first, before you even unpack the term transgender, the definition of gender is what is important. Because the fact that you even were able to check pronouns with all of us, it's quite important. Because we are at a time and era in life where we need to understand and respect bodily integrity or autonomy and self-determination. Now, gender is a term that often is confused with sex, those two words. Sex, which is biology, gender, which is a social construct. Uh, in this case, uh, the binary context will often be, you know, cis uh, women or cis uh, uh, men, uh, which is the binary context or the boxes, which is often uh, uh, what society had uh, located uh, understanding of gender. Now, when you speak about transgender, you're speaking about people 
who are psychologically, who are emotionally expressing their own gender as opposed to the gender that was assigned at birth. So if you have trans or if you understand, you know, the context of female to male or male to female in this case, so you there's a transitioning element of respecting the self-determination of the person's identity and expression. And where you then speak about gender and psychological understanding and the expression that speaks to it. So transgender is people who identify um, as opposed to the gender that or sex that was assigned at birth. Now, Nandi, I want to come to you. Could you please explain the term queer to us? Queer, okay. So queer is a word that uh, we as, um, you know, queer bodies, queer persons, has have reappropriated uh, because if you look at the word queer in the dictionary, it is and was, you know, and usually is used as a derogatory term, but we have reappropriated the word queer uh, to describe ourselves as not humans who can be boxed into a particular, um, whether it's gender, um, you know, sexual orientation, um, you know, because uh, both sexual, so so because sexual orientation is fluid, um, you know, that's one aspect. The other aspect is that gender is non-binary, right? So it's not what people think of gender uh, in the mainstream. And traditionally, uh, most people look at and think of gender most often as either um, what uh, doctors would say are male bodies. Uh, so when a child is born and a doctor sees a penis, they will say, this is a boy. And then, uh, you know, when a, a child is born and it's, um, a doctor sees a vagina, they say that this is a girl. Um, and so, um, yeah, so part of being queer is being able to reclaim uh, the whole spectrum of what both gender and sexual orientation are um, and not fitting into traditional boxes but also being able to self-determine um, within that context. And then there's also politics. Um, so when I say politics, not like w- how people uh, view uh, politics in a general uh, sense, but the politics of bodily autonomy. Now, I, I, let's go back uh, to something here, and that's intersex persons. Let me perhaps ask, uh, should we? Intersex yes. persons, please define this uh, as category for us. Come again? Intersex persons. So in the LGBTQI, there's the I, and that stands for intersex persons. Could yes. you please define this for us? A general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't, uh, that doesn't seem to fit the typical definition of a female or a male. Mm? Uh, for example, a person might be born appearing to be a female on the outside, but having mostly male, typically anatomical inside. Yes.
That's intersex. With those definitions mm-hmm. understood, I'm going to take a break and then we'll be back. Now we're going to start talking saucy things. And these saucy things are obviously uh, how we celebrate Pride Month, and then we'll go into the challenges. SFM leading the late night conversations. Remember, you can join us by calling 0891104207, or you can get us on 011-714-4045 on WhatsApp 0614104107. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. My name is Patricia Anduli. This is The Closet Conversations. We are speaking, celebrating Pride Month and the challenges facing every LGBTQI um, member in our community and uh, so that we can have a better understanding of these challenges and be more sympathetic and even Try and stop them where we can. And uh, talking to us about this, I've got Nandi, who identifies as being queer. I've got Steve, who uh, identifies as uh, uh, her. I've got Shubi, who's transgender, and Reggie, who's a gay man. Now, I'll, I'll start with you, Reggie. Reggie, how, yeah. how do you celebrate uh, Pride Month? And what is the significance of celebrating Pride Month? Well, the significance is that... Um for me, it's, it's, it's basically celebrating coming out and creating an awareness for everyone to understand and accept who gay people are in general. So years before the, this COVID-19, we used to have like functions at different sections and areas where we could come together and celebrate, you know, have fun and meet and socialize people. Uh, but I've seen this year, what we've done is we've mostly kind of like celebrated and created awareness on social media. Yeah. All right. So we are, you, it, it is a time to just celebrate who you are and the orientation yes. that you follow. If you would like yes. to uh, give us a comment and you'd like to let us know how you came out, perhaps, or what are the challenges you are facing at home as a person who's either lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, or queer, you can get us by calling 0891104207 or you can WhatsApp 0614104107. The alternative number to call is 011714345 or 011714405. Nandi. Nandi, I want us to now speak about some of the challenges because the term queer was previously associated as something foul. If you call someone queer, it was almost like it's vulgar. And now all of a sudden you have given us a definition that says people who identify as being queer are people who, who don't fall under any. So they are binary. They don't fall under any category. How, what are some of the challenges that are faced by queer people in our society? So, okay, let's start off with the fact that you don't need to be non-binary uh, to identify as queer. So you do have women who are lesbian, who identify as lesbian, who also identify as queer, right? So, or you could have uh, people who are trans or intersex who could also identify as queer. So queer is not just for non-binary bodies, um, and that's important. Um, so, yeah, so which makes it a bit difficult to answer your question. 
Um, but, you know, like I'm saying, so it's like your, your queerness is a part of the journey of uh, really determining who you feel you are um, as a human being um, inside and outside of, um, you know, whether it's your sexual orientation or uh, your gender identity. Uh, the, the part of my question that you haven't answered is, what are some of the challenges that you are facing? Okay, so, I mean, I think that our challenges are multiple as a community. And I think everyone uh, will be able to come in on this, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things which has been very, very clear, made very clear by the COVID crisis is that in many ways, uh, challenges which um, LGBTI persons um you know, and queer bodies have faced um, within South Africa have been amplified. Uh, so for LGBTI asylum seekers who would be uh, LGBTI persons who've come into South Africa seeking asylum and refuge in South Africa because they come from countries where it is often illegal uh, to be queer, um, you know, so because there haven't been a lot of uh, resources which have uh, which are covering um, asylum seekers and refugees, even though uh, there was the judgment which was made um, last week, which now covers asylum seekers, most people are challenge- uh, you know have been struggling with accessing resources, whether it is hospital, uh, because uh, for the first. Um, six, seven weeks of the lockdown, people were unable to work unless they were essential workers, you know, so that made it very, very difficult to access everything from food, uh, health care. Some people have been evicted because um, they didn't, you know, they can't pay their rent. And then some people have had to go home if they're South African and they have a home uh, and they have family and they are now having to be locked down with family who may not be accepting. And so they're struggling with various different kinds of microaggressions. Um, You know, so so the challenges are are, are varied and difficult. And so one of the things that as QueerWell, we've done from the beginning of lockdown is hold um, mental health uh, virtual sessions uh, via, you know, via Zoom uh, every week so that people have a safe space to be able to debrief. And we also have uh, mental health care available uh, to queer persons, uh, and, and they're able to get in touch with us from everything from our different social media pages or else uh, via WhatsApp, and we're able to call them back and help get them in touch with the right kind of mental Healthcare uh, that may be necessary for them during this time. And Nandi, I've got a question here. So, you, the, some of the challenges you've mentioned, I think, are general challenges, not specifically to uh, the queer or LGBTQI community. They're general COVID challenges that we've faced. But one of the questions that is coming up is when a person is identified as queer, is it by choice or, or what is the thought process behind it? Okay, so, you know, so you're getting into the space of, you know, some people uh, will say that we'll want to legitimize uh, being queer or uh, being uh, LGBTI uh, because, 
either through self-determination, which is what you're talking about by choice, or uh, by birth. And I think that is a very um, isolating and pathologizing kind of discussion, uh, in steering it that way, uh, because it, you know, it, it, it's an either-or situation. So as a black lesbian woman in South Africa, um, or as a uh, black trans body in South Africa, um, I don't think if it was something that people, particularly in the context of choice, as most people think about it, um, would wake up and say, I choose to be, to, to identify as lesbian in this country, where uh, the way that uh, black lesbians are murdered and black trans persons are murdered in South Africa is horrendous. Right. So, so one of um, the issues is uh, definitely uh, the corrective rapes and also the murders of uh, LGBTQI. Yeah. So, um, and also corrective rape is just like it. Also, for me, is very so it's very triggering in that it means it, you know it, it it then says there is something to correct. Um, you know, uh, and and it, it gives a particular power to to the way uh, that. Uh, Black lesbians and black trans bodies are are, are violated. Um, okay, so Nandi, let's give everyone else an opportunity. Um, I'd like to go to Steve. Steve, what are some of the challenges that you see that the LGBTQI community is facing? Well, you see, the challenges vary, um, and they vary because of you know environment. Whether people are in the rural, urban, or peri-urban settings. They vary because of class, uh, which Nandi referred to. Um, you know, they also vary because of of, of age and economic situation uh, or circumstance that people are in. Mm. But I think w- the other challenges that we have to think about is what, uh, you know, some of the discrimination, stigma and access to services persist. When you speak about access to service, you know, that the very same issues that Nandi is raising around rape, gender-based violence, intimate partner violence, which happens also, you know, within the community, but against LGBTI community as well. And when people go to access services in police, um, you know, they experience what we call secondary victimization. Secondly, when you speak about health, access to health services, people are outed, people are discriminated, and we are seeing actually the impact of of stigma and discrimination is that LGBTI persons then delay seeking health services because of victimization, stigma, and discrimination. Now, in addition to all of this, it's discrimination at the workplace. Uh, It's discrimination at the school setting. Research that was done by uh, uh, many of the LGBTI in the country uh, um, uh, revealed that actually over 73% of LGBTI in school. And then we're talking about the, the learners, you know, who are in, in, in school setting, not even in tertiary institutions, experience victimization stigma in school setting. So you can actually see that a, a, a violation or human rights violation against LGBTI uh, persons is happening everywhere. And these are some of the challenges that we have to understand, we have to unpack uh, within society, in churches, uh, uh, in homes, 
um, that the rejection that is happening with families. So what Nandi was referring to, whether we're speaking about even during the, the timeline or the era of COVID, it happened prior. So what we know around rejection by families uh, uh, that you actually even are kicked out of your home, LGBTI now end up not even having a shelter, uh, being homelessness uh, uh, in, 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 in this case. So these are some of the challenges we have to uh, understand and they vary by uh, geographical location as well. So how do we then address these challenges, uh, Shubi? Do you experience the same uh, challenges? And if so, how do you suggest they should be addressed? You know, as the, as, as the previous speaker, they told, they, they just explained how the different, um, the different of uh, gender-based violence, is how it, it happens. You know what, next? The different uh, treatment that we get from our our public servant, it uh, it somehow that shows that um, we what can I say? We are not treated fairly because some of the some of the I'm speaking on behalf of transgender as for myself, man. Right? Yes. As people, as when you come out as a transgender, it need a lot of. Um, effort to take yourself through the whole process. At first, when you go to the clinic and ex- explain to the nurses or whoever who's assisting you and you tell them that you wanted to start the whole process, they're going to take you for, for step to step and step and step and so forth until I give up to myself that, you know what, I'm going for self-medication. I want to, I want to this place so knowing that I will get some assistance. So was this a state yes. was this a state uh, facility when you went to get to the steps on how to become a transgender? Yes, it was a state it was a state um service. Were and you then, discriminated against when you got the shoe? Yes, they wanted to to know why am I doing this? Why I'm a I'm a boy? Why am I supposed to to why am I supposed to get myself into transition and I know exactly that the reason why I came here is because I wanted myself to be in fact, this is who am I? Yeah? Like, I feel myself like I don't belong to this body. I don't belong to this gender. I belong to this particular gender. So when you go there and ask for help, they're going to discriminate you. They're going to call you names and all that stuff. And when you go out at the community, find out what kind of person you are. Starting introduction for myself, I was said as a boy. They know me as a boy, but growing up playing with the girls as a gay, before. Now that I've changed the dress code, I gain a body and my body structure is changing because now I'm on the process of being the whole transgender, you know? So when whenever I'm around the community, some people, they will stigmatize, they will talk, they talk and deep down in myself, I tell myself like, you know what, actually I want to see myself getting down with the process. There are certain people who will like you. There are certain people who won't like you. Especially for my family. Some of them, my family, they understand me because we did sit down and talk. But some, they don't understand. And especially old people in the family. They don't understand what kind of person I am. But at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do. I want to be this kind of person. And I am this person. 
So, Shubi, you know, one of the things that I want to understand, so you ended up not getting help from state facility, of which comes back to what Steve said, that when you go to seek help, at most times you get victimized or secondary victimization. And this is, yes. was your experience until you had to go to a private facility to get your assistance. Yes. Fortunately enough, I got a job and I was working, so I started to do the savings so that I can take myself to, to private facility and I did went there then I did get help and now as I wish you can see now I see the much development in my body. Take a picture before and after picture and send to the producer if you don't mind and then we'll put it up on our we'll put it up on our um, social media if you if you don't mind to say this is the show we're speaking to okay you can send it now as we are talking Reggie we are we lost you there but but I'm glad you're back so Reggie we are speaking about challenges that uh, LGBTQI community is facing in Africa and South Africa specifically and everyone uh, I mean Nandi Steve and Shubi have spoken personal experience and collective experience from externally are there any internal challenges within the community? And I ask this purely because there's something that you you sent uh, Benzito, our producer, regarding some of the challenges that you face within the LGBTQI community. Um, I, I, I honestly think we have not, and I speak for myself in a disclaimer there, um, we have not accepted each other as gay people and lesbian as well. So for me, that's a bigger challenge where we classify each other, we look down on each other, and we really act funny towards each other. And this is my personal experience that I've had. We have not accepted each other fully. And that is a problem because how do we expect people outside to accept us while we, within the community, have not accepted each other? Like, especially, you know, you'll find... Uh, maybe some bottoms really not liking each other. Actually, wait, 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 really wait. What are you talking about other. here, Reggie? When you say some bottoms? Yes, I said bottom. Okay, so explain to us. Um, cause <laughs> <laughs> some 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 people are just like Patricia. We are learning these terms. So what do you? Yeah, mean? no, we are. We are. We need to. So um, top is being the, the 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 guy basically, you know, in a gay relationship, and then the bottom is being the. You know, the ladylike or the feminine one, as I would like to put it, uh, in a relationship. So when we bottoms meet, it's like kitty cat fighting, you know, things like that. Or we act really funny towards each other. But I think for me, um, that is generally a problem. Uh, I will not name a few uh, people, but where we kind of like do not help each other or help each other grow in that sense. And this is my personal experience that I've had. But outside of that, yeah, Patricia, I mean, my biggest challenge or problem is that I'm, I'm, I'm cute. Ooh, go Reggie. <laughs> so, Patricia. Send us a picture, Reggie. So, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So wherever I go, my challenges would be um, I would get accused of um, sleeping with women because I'm not uh, gay enough in the sense that you can't tell Hore I'm gay up until I open my mouth. Only then it's like I renew his gay, you know. So you get accused of, you know, being with women or sleeping with women because now they think you're not gay enough because I'm not showing any feminine side. So basically that would be my challenge. You know, I've I've been in trouble a few times with my female friends who I've had to literally put on makeup, uh, maybe some lipstick to show that I'm really gay because when you look at the extra, you won't think, Hori, I'm gay.
My goodness. So even the, the thing that strikes me is the fact that you say when you come together as gay men and uh, bottoms specifically, you'll have little cat fights amongst yourselves, almost like the way uh, girls do it. So when we're yeah, in a group together, we're like, oh, no, I look better than you. Is that, is that what you're trying to say? Yes, yes. And, and that's my personal experience. I don't want to generalize it for everyone, but it's what I've experienced. Hori. I'm not accepted enough within the community itself, you know. And you always have to defend yourself. Nandi, would would you say that the same is, is happening within the queer um, uh, sub group of the LGBTQI community. And why I ask this is purely because if you are non-binary or you don't adhere to any sort of like uh, definition of sexuality or gender, then people who are outside of the community might start uh, feeling intimidated by your presence the way Reggie keeps on uh, getting issues. So I think... um to be able to contextualize, we live in a very heteronormative society, uh, which is binary, right? And so people have gotten used to putting uh, humans into particular boxes. And so if you are not what they expect, um, and society has also created this particular image of what a uh, gay man um, needs to look like to be to be able to pass, right? Um, and in the same way, they have created a particular image of what a uh, lesbian person, uh, human um, woman, needs to look like to pass, right? And and this is always the challenge: is that this particular because of these heteronormative standards of who we need to be as human beings, um, there's always this level of having to pass. Um, So um, even with, um, for instance, lesbian women, if you are very ultra-feminine, people cannot always tell if you are queer, they can't tell if you are lesbian, or if you are um, straight, right? So it's just like you have to be a particular, you have to display either hyper femininity or hyper masculinity to fit into this box that society says we all need to fit into. Um, and so, um, yeah, so, so yes, there are challenges within the community, but I, th- but I say it's actually from not necessarily just from within, but it's also from without because we don't, you know, we all come from somewhere. I always tell people, you know, when, when, when people talk and um, I'm fortunate to have a, a family that's very supportive um, and my mom, you know, is from within the church, was part of the South African Council of Churches and she's really, really super supportive. And one of the things when we're working and doing advocacy together with my mom, I talk about is... Um, even on my own coming out journey, there was a struggle because I, you know, I went to a Catholic school, came from an ultra-religious background, um, and so therefore uh, there was this whole discussion within myself um, of, you know, what is, right? Uh, Because there was the religious part of who I was, um, which when you go to church, you, you listen to this rhetoric about how sinful it is to be who you are. 
Um, but you know that this is who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, inside of all of that, uh, you know, you then have to, you know, be able to stand in who you are, but inside of a community and a family and a religious or spiritual background and navigate that entire space. Excellent, so Mandy. Because, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Let's go to the voice notes. Patricia and your guest, uh, there you are again with him. the talking point that is close to my heart. Please, my lovely, actually, I don't know what to say, sister. She had, he, I don't know. No, yeah, let me say one of her guests has defined the word queer, but she has not done that to my satisfaction. Let me honestly ask your guest there to come up with an embracing definition of the word queer, or let me put it this way. I honestly ask them to gang up, or should I say, to combine against the definition of the word queer. And ask them again if I am wrong if I say definition of the word homosexual with the omission of the word dinginess is incomplete. You, this group, or should I say this organ of our society, is so dingy. And one more thing I like about them is that they are well informed. I am Howard from Bram Fisher. Bye. Hi, uh, this is Numiso from Newcastle. I just um, got a question from one of your panelists. Uh, the, the term queer. I should stand to be corrected if I understand it correctly. Does it actually mean that I could be female outside, meaning I've got um, the face, I look like a woman, I've got the face, I've got the long hair, you know, um, I'm, I even have maybe the structure of a woman. But then on the inside, I could have testicles. Um, is that what queer really means? I, I, just, I just need a correction there. Nandi, it seems both these questions are for you uh, because you are a member of a queer well board. Maybe explain queer in a more a simpler way and please keep it to like 30 seconds or so, Nandi, so we can get to other okay. messages. Okay, so, um, I mean, I think for the second one, uh, what they were describing is an intersex person um, and also intersex is along a spectrum. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily one or the other. It's a combination of what you see anatomically as well as hormones. Um, yeah, and, it, you know, queer is an umbrella term for uh, sexual and gender minorities uh, who do not uh, identify uh, as heterosexual. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Uh, maybe, Steve, you could possibly come in there. Um, I don't know if there's any other way to describe what queer is. Queer is, yeah, what I tell what me something, I Nandi. Is. Tell me something, Nandi. Is a pansexual similar to queer? No. Uh, so pansexual is more closely related to someone who is bisexual. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, and it wouldn't take more than 30 seconds to break that down. No, a brief definition, I'm sure there is one. Okay, so uh, a pansexual person is a person who has relationships with people, so with humans, uh, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity or expression. Okay, excellent. And uh, I want to go here to our messages. Remember at home, you can join in in the conversation by calling 
0891104207 or WhatsApp 0614104107 That's the alternative number. Anonymous here says, please excuse me, uh, I'm really bad at English. It's fine, Anonymous, we'll make sense of what you're saying. Anonymous says, so in transitioning, do genitals also change? And what happens to the body, mainly testosterone? Uh, is it reduced? Does sex also change as a man's sex is attributed to uh, his hormones? And we saw Custer refusing to reduce her uh, hormones. Uh, and are there any hazardous um, health elements? I think I'd like, Shubi, could you take this for us? Yeah, the, the, the thing here is the thing, man. At first, you have to go to the doctor. The doctor will take the full blood count and check whether your testosterone is. They will go through and check the whole process, which kind of medication they're going to give you so that you can be on hormonal therapy treatment. Mm-hmm. So you don't just take a, a treatment without going to do a, for a checkup. After doing the checkup, well, your body will develop when you started doing when you started taking the treatment. So it will develop. It, it, it depends on how your body accepts or rejects the medication. If ever the medication your body rejects the medication, it means you have to change the treatment. So you need to be constantly uh, seen by mm-hmm. a medical practitioner. Talk to us mm-hmm. about the question on sex. Because now. Okay. I mean, the, the listener is also asking, does sex change your sexual uh, interaction with your partner? Yeah, as I'm saying now, Nan, you're going to take the whole, the, the, the longest progress pro, because now, as myself, I'm on the process of um, transitioning. It's, somehow, it always depends on myself. There are other transgender who want just the, bo- the, the boots and the and the banunu. The vagina, yeah. You can say it. Yes, if you... <laughs> you yeah, can say it. Okay. And you can if talk you about sex. Vagina, it's okay. <laughs> okay, when you want the vagina, you can go through the, the whole process so that your body can feel yourself that I'm, I'm a complete woman. But some of the transgender, they just want the boobs and the air, uh, the big bags, mm-hmm. you know? So the, pro- the bigger problem we have is that since while we have a problem of medical... Uh, medical issue more at um, first stage. There a lot of transgender they're starting to do self medicate, and the self medication self medicating is very very dangerous because you take the treatment, you don't know if the treatment is going is working well with your body. You mm. see. So now, okay. So should we, you still haven't answered the question? How okay. is the sex? That is what the listener is asking you. <laughs> How is the sex as you are transitioning or after you've transitioned? Ah, <laughs> uh, Shubu, oh, Shubu is just laughing. What's that, Shubu? Shubu, that's what the question was. And you're allowed to speak about these things because it is called yes. a conversation. Okay. Is it the, sa- okay. is it, is the, moment, is it the same? For- or you just stop having sex while you're transitioning? No, at the moment, I haven't done the whole Vajuju thing. Okay, so, so what I'm on the process of that usual thing. So I still have sex as normal person as the gay person does. Aha. So, and y- your sexual life is, is still the same? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, as, soon as, I'm done with the, yeah. as soon as I'm done with uh, 
transition, then that is when I will say that now I enjoy the ex- the, the the new me. Mm-hmm. Now I've got yes. here Andrisi in Kwakwa says most gays manipulate too much by not mentioning their status. I ended up having deep, warm kissing leading to action, then realizing later that there are no breasts here. I wish they could be honest from the point of approach. Reggie and Steve, I give this to the two of you. Let's start with Steve. Is this the case with most males who identify as gay, that they are not always open and honest when they meet someone about uh, their sexual orientation? Well, Patricia, I'll answer this Who's question. This? Is this Steve or Reggie? This is, this is Steve speaking. Okay, what's that, like Steve? I'm listening. Look, uh, all of us as human beings, our sexual orientation is not written on the forehead. Okay? okay? So that means, uh, you know, I do not know who, you know, is this person gay or is this person lesbian or is this person, you know, pansexual. So you are attracted to whoever you are attracted to. So the expectation that everyone will be attracted to somebody and then, hi, I'm gay, I like you. I don't think that should happen because it's not even like heterosexuals go around, I'm heterosexual, I like you. No, people are attracted to people. I think where that person is saying that, you know, it's, it's creating high expectation and probably wrong expectations that will be misunderstood. But now the perception that happens in society that expects uh, LGBTI persons to be coming out and saying, I'm gay and I like you. If this person is not your type, easily and nicely turn them down and say, oh, no, you are not my type. But I uh, mean, or, or whatsoever. Steve, with the question that uh, or the, the, the statement that was posed by our listener, it seems like he went to approach uh, someone who was mm. possibly dressed like a female, had makeup on like Reggie. So let me maybe bring Reggie in here because, Reggie, you put makeup on sometimes and in your own words, you are fine and looking very good. So if a man sees you and you're yes. wearing a skirt and you don't have any facial beards and you just are looking hot and you look like a girl and you start interacting, don't you think the onus is on you to tell this guy that, oh, just by the yes. way, I am gay? Yeah, but it's a bit tricky, Patricia, because okay. then again, we are at a club, ne? we're yeah. having two drinks, three drinks. <laughs> the next thing, this guy likes me, and then I came back, and now I must be telling you this whole story. Hey, my male, I don't have real boobs. These are just socks. And, you know, you, I, it, it's a bit tricky, but then again, I just think we need to be honest and tell them, Guti Mamela, I understand you like me, but this is the situation to avoid. Not everyone will understand, like this listener. I love Someone your will honesty. Moor you. I love your honesty. Will because you. I feel, I because feel. Because now we get to bed, right? We yeah. are tipsy. And then we start undressing, and oops, my socks fall off. <laughs> and then what happens? I don't know. Can you let me show you? Which I'm socks? Wait, 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 wait. Which socks, Reggie? No, I'm going to put in socks in your, in your, bra, in your what do you call this thing? Sure. So, so you wear a bra and you put socks in the bra? A bra. Okay. Yeah, something like that. And get I don't have boobs. So for yeah. me to make boobs, I would put in socks or something else or a cloth or whatever. All right. So now we get to we get cozy. We have to undress and then... 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's chest. And now this guy is a man. What do you take me for? And we've got serial killers out there, guys. Mm. We've got mm. people with issues. And then, for that. So I think that we have to be honest and tell them, listen, I understand you like me, but I just have to be honest. I'm not a woman. No, you know? I think you're, you're, you're okay, misunderstanding me. I'm not saying this people shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't go out and speak about their identity yes, you know, and, and their sexual orientation. I'm not saying people shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's attracted to you, just right there and then you say, look, I'm, I'm gay. I, 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 this person is attracted to you. I think we need to start talking about the stereotypes that exist in society. The person, heterosexuals, must understand that we live in a society that is diverse, that has a, a, a diversity of genders, diversity of sexual orientation. So, so that means anyone you come across, um, you know, that you're going to come across might be diverse. So, Patricia, and I think this is now directly to you, because I would assume, because you are speaking and you've asked all our pronouns, I don't want to assume what is Patricia's pronoun until Patricia tells me, right? So, so it's quite important that we do not just perpetuate stereotypes that also contributes to the very same levels of violence. What we need to start understanding or normalizing is understanding diversity in society, that anyone you come across, one, you do not know what's inside their pen, two, you do not know how they identify. So that means you can also ask. So the liberty and the burden that we put on LGBTI persons it's actually the very same burden that creates vulnerability of violence. And I think this is where we need to reverse that burden that we do not want it to happen. And, I'm not saying and totally agree. come out. No, totally agree I, with you, Steve. But obviously we were taking this based on what uh, Anonymous had sent us to say. In fact, Andres, not even Anonymous, who had said that, you know, he has had incidences where he was going full on intimate. So, um, you know, passionate kissing. And then all of a sudden, that's when you find out that this person is of the same sex. But obviously, during the time when we are warming up, there wasn't this conversation. And yes, we don't have to discriminate. Yes, we don't have to put the the onus on one. The point is, again, when, you know, the moment you meet somebody at a club Mm -hmm. or whatsoever, I mean, you know, you have that immediate whatsoever. So if you're going to then say, okay, I get into a club, oh, I like that one, and then we start kissing, right? So those moments of attractions or the moments of of excitement, you must be ready to deal with the, uh, uh, the repercussion the of level. moments of excitement. Yeah. But the moment you start dating and saying, oh, I like you, can we go on a date and so forth. So it's a process issue. The repercussion of immediate reaction of excitement must never lead to saying, expecting that now I have to tell you, oh, I've tested uh, HIV positive, uh, can we then do that and so forth. I think mm. that's really putting too much expectation. Let me I go to WhatsApp Anonymous, now. Yeah, let me but go to I think WhatsApp Anonymous now. Anonymous then could have also probed.
Let me go to WhatsApps now. Um, uh, here from Siangko, Cecilia says, I think there's a rejection from society towards the LGBTQI community because of our culture. I think culture is not flexible enough to accommodate this kind of lifestyle, especially African culture. Siangko also says, so a pansexual person is ultimately an all-rounder. Sounds a bit greedy to me. It's like the kid in the playground who wants to play with all the toys. The next WhatsApp here says, uh, I want to ask her if you go for the transgender, then are you, do you become like a woman and are you able to fall pregnant? And I think this goes to Shubi. Shubi, once you are done with your whole process, can you fall pregnant? This is from Anonymous. As I told you before, you have to go through all the, the process, ne? because you're not just going to doctor only. Ne? You have to go to the gynecologist, you have to go to see the social worker, you have to see a um, psychologist, you have to see uh, go back to the doctor and all that stuff. So for the part of uh, pregnancy, it always depends on how you take the treatment. But somehow you can, because you during the, the, trans, the transition process, they're going to take you to that step of saying, Shivani, know that way. You, you, have, you have gone through the, the procedure, and then here are the things. Remember, we don't have eggs. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They, they're just going to cut off my penis and just to form that vajuju. Uh, then after it, it's there. It's completely. So, can you fall pregnant? You can somehow. So, yes. so they will put a womb in you and they'll put um, ovaries. Yes. Okay. Very interesting. Can I say? Okay. We have to clarify that. Can I say something back to? Um, Who's who's speaking now? Shubi. Shubi, yes. Yes. Uh, you know what happens when go like myself? I'm a transgender. I'm wearing a dress and heels and put the makeup and just put the wig. Ne, I am an honest person. I'm talking on behalf of myself. I go to the club. Now, as I'm speaking to you, I have a straight guy who approached me, and immediately when the guy approached me and told me how beautiful I am, I break the eggs. I tell him straight. Dude, I'm a transgender. So some people, they became surprised. Wow, but you look like a girl. You look like a girl. How is that possible? And that's when they start to say, send me your pictures, send me... I want to see your half-naked pictures. You see? Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, so it is better to be honest on the first side to save yourself. All right, all right. And uh, I've got a, a, a bit of a sad one here and we need to close off. Uh, but let me just finish up with this WhatsApp. It says, hello, uh, I'd like to remain anonymous. I'm a gay guy who went through a lot of challenges at home. Like I once came to a moment where I have to come out to my parents that I'm attracted to guys, meaning that I'm gay. It was not easy for me at that time. It was shocking to them, but my mother accepted and loved me the way I am. But my father decided mm. to hate me for being gay. And at most, he always had comments that are hurting. And I will always cry and feel like killing myself. Up until I came to the moment of packing my things and left the house at the end age of 19 and it came to the point of us not communicating any longer like I couldn't handle him it was too much for me he was always on my case these are some of the challenges that people are facing and I think we need to be very very aware of such 
we need to be very aware of such uh, as South Africans. And I, as, as we are about to close off, I'm going to give firstly Nandi uh, an opportunity to just wrap up in uh, 30 seconds. Okay. So I think for me, it's important for us to have a more in-depth conversation about how um, this conversation was really triggering and it was also pathologizing of particular yeah. bodies. And that's extremely problematic because these are the things that we face on the daily from, um, you know, society. And and this is what causes exactly what Anonymous right at the end was speaking to. This is what causes the kind of violence that we uh, face uh, from broader society, whether it is men who feel that they can violate uh, lesbians or trans bodies, but it's because on a public platform such as yours, Patricia, you didn't take the time to listen when, when Steve was trying to come in and I was trying to come in because those things which were being said were extremely violent. Unfortunately, and Nandi, no, Nandi, I'm going to have to stop you there. Unfortunately, you've been given a platform to open up, but we also need to allow our listeners to be able to have their voices heard. And so it's unfortunate that I can't give each of you a whole hour to explain. And we needed everyone who's a panelist yeah. to give their opinions because your views are all different and your experiences are all different and the reason why this topic myself and the producer came up with it is to give everyone a platform so unfortunately for you that you feel that I didn't give you enough time it is very unfortunate but we gave you as much time as we were permitted this is radio and and we have educated but it needs to be to responsible where got... it really needs to be responsible this is what gets us killed these are our lives that you're talking about on radio you know how difficult it is to walk down the street and not think that you're going to die that my mother has to always think is my child going to come home and when you have a platform such as that you have, Patricia, to do what you've done tonight is really irresponsible. Nandi, Nandi, I'd like you to please explain to me which part of our interview today and our discussion was irresponsible. Was it the part of giving everyone an opportunity, and when I say everyone, the four of you as my guests, to give us an opportunity to explain to us the questions that we asked, the challenges you faced. And also, which part was irresponsible? Was it the fact that we opened up to our listeners to ask their questions? Can I ask you to take it? I'm I'm highly triggered at the moment. I'm like really triggered. Steve, I'm going to give over to you, my sister. Thank you very, very much, Nandi, for joining us this evening. Steve, thank you very much. Let's wrap up in 30 seconds. Perhaps you can answer which part of our interview today for this entire hour was irresponsible. Look, I think I think that there are a few things um, so that I take this 30 seconds with, you know, uh, an important element. One, the idea of body, in, you know, uh, autonomy and self-determination. It's clarifying the myth and addressing the stereotypes that society actually perpetuates that creates vulnerability. And I think important enough, whether from the listeners, whether from the respondents or discardants, which it's all of us here, but also in terms also of your responsibility in terms of how the conversation is facilitated. It's helping how the stereotypes are addressed. So opening up does create room of, 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 
of hearing opinions that either are, you know, stereotypical way of how we deal with it. But in terms of clarifying, it's how we respond to all of that. But now, I think what is important to wrap it up in, society, you know, needs to understand sexuality in full. There's a difference between sex, gender, and sexual orientation. So if we're going to be talking about sex in biology, where we unpack a child who's born either female, male, or intersex, and when you talk about gender, this very same child is brought up as a boy, girl, and we have transgender individual, you've got a gender non-confirming individual, or gender fluid. And when you speak about sexual orientation, that you're speaking about preference, you're speaking about feelings, you're speaking about those very same gay, lesbian, uh, heterosexual, bisexual, and even pansexual for that matter. And I think it's very important that if we, as society, there is a misunderstanding of human sexuality, we're bound to actually think that your sex confirms your gender or your gender confirms your sexual orientation. I think those things need to be clarified. But just also lastly, it's the point around how we need to depathologize gender. I think, I mean, I think it was Shubi, for instance, uh, you know, uh, talking about when you transition, whether as a, a male to female, one can fall pregnant and so forth. I think what's important is understanding the context of body and uh, uh, anatomy and, and what all of this means. A reproductive uh, uh, system is you know, available to everyone, and and everyone is born with it. Uh, But the moment you transition, a transgender female uh, or transgender woman is more likely not to fall pregnant. But a transgender Mm -hmm. man who does not, or when they do a surgery, does not take out their womb, can fall pregnant. So there's a difference in terms of biology and gender. But I hope one day, uh, Patricia, we can still expand in... In, in, in the correct form of information that we need to clarify even to the audience. And, and uh, Steve, you. I'd like to just mention something here, and this is not in defense, but this is in clarity. If the questions that came from any of our listeners was offensive, yeah. and you feel that opening up, and this is based on what Nandia said and what you said, that we opened up, some of the questions might have been offensive, but please do understand that our larger society does not understand, hence we have what we have in our communities, the gender-based violence, hence we have the misunderstandings. So if that is what caused um, Nandi not to feel well, or perhaps the fact that we opened up for our listeners, then unfortunately there's nothing we can do. We are a public broadcaster, and we need to have everyone's voices heard, because these questions are pertinent to to, to to, to yeah, stabilize think, the, the, the stereotypes that we have that. because the stero- and none of the questions none of those questions that. came from me it was from our listeners on whatsapp i think a constant uh, you know condescending uh, 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 way of of how we address of course opinions from people uh, yeah. in society are can mm. be negative can be and that's uh, and uh, i think steve when we are on a platform such as this with all due respect, we all have to listen to each other. 
We all have to no, listen from internally and from externally. But I thank you so very much. I've given you more than three, five minutes. I'm going to be in so much trouble. I'm over nine minutes with my show today. Thank you very much, Steve. Shubi, can you do a 30 seconds for me, please? All I can say is to be open. But there's only one thing I would like to say. Just, you know, the, the society is very, very difficult these days. Mm. So we have to be open to people because the world is vulnerable. Thank you very much, Shubi. Thank, Thank you. you so very much. And uh, with you, Reggie, 30 seconds, if it's possible. Yes, I would like to say let's uh, love um, gay people. Um, let's open up. Let's do more research and find out exactly who they are and how they are so that we can understand much better. And then again, let's all come out. The more the area, the more gay guys out there, the better for some of us. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia, to you and your producer. Thank you very much, Reggie. And I'd like to thank all my guests, Nandi, Steve, Shubi, and Reggie. Heated discussion towards the end. And we've taken 10 minutes. So if you don't hear my voice tomorrow, know that I've gotten a disciplinary hearing because uh, my guests were sensitive. And uh, to everyone who was listening and sending me voice notes and WhatsApps, hey, you got me to heat the trouble today. But this is why we love what we do, because we are making everyone uncomfortable so that we can get to the crux of our society becoming healed. This is SAFM. We are back again on the Late Night Conversation at 10 p.m. up until midnight. My name is Patricia Ntuli. You can follow me on social media platforms and also go back to the podcast of this show at safm.co.za. May goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success.